Hello, everybody, and welcome to another interview with a dear friend of mine, somebody I interviewed, it was maybe a few months ago, almost a year ago, author of the book Mass Awakening. Shoshi is with me, joining us today from Israel on the ground, here to report a lot of very, very interesting information, a lot of intel that most people don't know. Now, I will start by saying that what will be shared throughout this interview may not be easy for most to hear, but it is extremely important and necessary for the world to know what's actually going on. So Shoshi is going to be bringing a different perspective, a perspective that some may agree with, some may not agree with. But our job over here is to bring all perspectives to the table. And your job as the viewer is to use your own discernment of what is truthful to you and what you may not resonate with. Although I do know that what Shoshi brings to the table does have a lot of validation, verification, because she doesn't bring opinions. She bring, brings facts to the table of what's actually going on. So again, it is a heavy topic. It is a very necessary topic to be speaking about with the war that's going on right now in Israel, in the Middle East as a whole, and what's happening all around the world as an, an effect and consequence of all of that. So Shoshi, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for your time and thank you for having the courage to come and speak today. Thank you, Jason, for inviting me. Absolutely. So you and I have been in touch. You send me emails every so often with what you know, what you're finding. And today, even before we started this recording, you mentioned that what you're going to be sharing may be hard to digest. Where do you want to start in terms of what's going on, what you have to share? Um, I'll start with giving you the context of, because people think that it's uh, it happened out of the blue, like um, it's not connected to anything, that it's a, a coincidence. Um, there, there are a lot of words, but I'm going to give you some facts. And I'm sorry because of the massive censorship at the moment. Um, sometimes I um, don't write the source and uh, they are from Telegram. People uh, share things that are suppressed. So let me give you some pointers. Okay. Uh, two weeks before the attack of uh, civilians and others, which I will uh, get to, um, all the Hamas top brass left Gaza Strip, including all their families. So let me explain it to you. Ordinary Gazans are left there. They didn't vote for the Hamas. Many of them want to get rid of them. They suffer from the Hamas. Um, so uh, that's uh, one. Um, yesterday I watched, this is really fresh. I watched a video of uh, very brave uh, Israeli investigators uh, of what is called the state of Israel. Um, and they found a document that the IDF was sold sold to a private investor in 2018. What do you mean the sold? You're saying the entire IDF was sold IDF. as a unit? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, as uh, the electricity company in Israel is a company or corporation, it was sold to a private investor. Do we know I who have... that investor is? No, it's not written. I saw the document. I shared uh, the video, but I was on, uh, but it, of course the, 
investor's name is not written there. Um, I only have my, my guess. Um, now, something very important. Netanyahu met Henry Kissinger, the New World Order guy, who is uh, the rep of the crime families. I will not call them cabal. They are crime families behind the New World Order on September 21st. And some context. Kissinger was allegedly, because I couldn't find the book, it's obviously probably censored or deleted this book, uh, which was based on research uh, about uh, Kissinger, the architect of Yom Kippur War. Uh, Yom Kippur War uh, started uh, 50 year, exactly uh, 50 years uh, before this attack on October 6, 1973. Um, so he's um, considered this architect. Uh, now, what happened in 1973 is very similar to what happened now. On October 7, there was a stand down. Kissinger yelled at Golda Meir, the, uh, the then Israeli prime minister. She, uh, he yelled at her not to intervene with the IDF while the IDF um, soldiers, push soldiers were butchered there. And I can tell you that uh, so you're saying you're saying in 1973 on October 6th for the Yom Kippur War there was a stand down order. Yes. For what and period of time? Do you know Excuse how long me? that do you know how long that stand down order lasted for? Uh it was for 6 hours. And from what I heard there was also a stand down order in this case for about 6 hours. 7 hours. Okay. According to Rabbi Hanania according to Rabbi Hanania Hanania Wiseman uh, who is um, connected to the top brass here, poli politicians or whatever. He told a woman in his community that he knows for a fact that there was a stand down order uh, on October 7, wow. 2023. And do you know who called that stand down order? Um, no. I don't know who, uh, I just know, and that's why I mentioned that uh, Netanyahu met, um, met Kissinger on, on September 21st, 2023, okay. a couple of days prior before uh, the attack. Uh, now, um, Kissinger stated years ago that Israel, Israel would cease to exist after seven years of existence. Uh, which means it passed in 2021. My opinion is that uh, Israel never existed because it's a corporation. And uh, I'm not getting into this, but uh, let's say that the, faza the facade is gone. If it's, it was covertly uh, a state, then the mask is off. Okay. Um, now, um, Hamas, according to multiple sources, was founded and funded both by Israel and the U.S. Uh, and Israel sends $30 million uh, per month to the Hamas. Is there a record of that that can be shown? 
I didn't uh, I didn't uh, uh, do the screenshot, but the Qatar are the ones who are the middlemen in so suitcases. Israel gives money to Qatar, and Qatar takes that money and gives it to Hamas. Yes, and uh, and you know uh, I don't have to mention that Biden recently transferred I don't know how many millions to Hamas because this is their creation. Now, um, some context for what is going on here with the top brass and, and, and uh, here in Israel, uh, politicians, um, chief of staff, uh, uh, how do you call this, the commander, the high commander of the IDF, uh, who is uh, a trainee or graduate of the Wexner Foundation program. And let me give you a context for the audience that isn't familiar with the Wexner Foundation. It's the equivalent of the WEF, like young leaders. So the chief of staff of the Israeli supposedly army um, is such a graduate. Um, and it's not only him, it's all the top brass of the, how do you to say, the officials uh, in uh, Israeli government, in all agencies, um, it's everywhere. Even in the Supreme Court, now uh, recently in the last days, uh, the head of the Supreme Court here, the Supreme Court, Israeli Supreme Court that has a pyramid on top, um, he's a trainee of uh, Wexner Foundation. So just think about the implications and I'm, uh, I have all the intel before me, but I, I just want to give you the context that the Israeli media and only one uh, mainstream media journalist was brave enough to say that the Israeli media was silenced. They got an order to shut up and don't speak while these poor civilians were butchered, were burned alive. Children were burned alive. Women were raped. All, all, all this horrific stuff, and they were ordered to be silent. Um, now, the only people who get threatened in this atmosphere is a very brave uh, Israeli independent influencer and and I will mention attorney Daniel uh, Ginak, who is very vocal. He is an officer, former officer uh, in the reserves. And he was very vocal because he served in this area in the South. And he said, this is impossible. And he explained why. And there are other command, uh, commanding officers uh, saying the same thing. Um, observers, former observers on this border, they say that if a pig, a wild pig, a boar, would scratch its back on this fence, they would immediately go and, and check. A cockroach wouldn't be able to cross without. This is their, um, so um, what they did is uh, to create uh, on the mainstream media Israel, they created a, a kind of a hit list against these brave uh, Israeli influencers who said the truth and who uh, not only expose but ask questions. This is, this is uh, unallowed here, this is banned, to ask questions. 
I mean, 1,400 people were brutally murdered, Israeli citizens, and you're not allowed to ask questions. And they created a hit list with uh, their names and their faces. So um, they, they now get uh, death threats. Uh, this attorney get uh, death threats. And um, uh, now to the intel. Israel has no sovereignty. The ones who control here is the, what you call the um, crime families, whatever from the US. Uh, you can see this in the meetings, uh, who runs the show, who runs the war. It's a, a whole uh, theater for the people to think that Israel has any say in it. They, yeah. There's no Israel, I'm sorry. Uh, there are more Americans around the table, uh, the, those who run the war, uh, than Israelis. So on, on that note, before you continue, I'm sure that there are going to be some people asking over here saying, you know, what does that really mean? And what are the implications of that? So you're saying that there's no formal state of Israel. It's a corporation. If it's a corporation, which I'm sure it is, by the way, because that's even how the United States works. What is the intention behind something like that? Who do you believe is behind it? And why are they doing it in this way? That's why I'm going to explain what from testimonies, and this will give you an idea who is behind this. Okay. I'm going to explain, and then you will get the idea. Uh, there are testimonies coming out of uh, the survivors of the massacre uh, that the whole operation of uh, butchering the the civilians was conducted by mass people dressed. Uh, all in black from head to toe and spoke English only. Okay. They had the audacity to break into the homes of the people that they attacked and ask for a banana or an apple while the massacre was done by, uh, and this is from another testimony uh, with people with uh, who spoke Arabic. There were two kinds. Those who spoke Arabic with Iranian accent and those who spoke with, uh, with uh, Palestinian Arab accent. So uh, there were three um, types of groups and uh, the commanding uh, force was, um, they spoke only English. People speak about uh, Delta Force, the American Delta Force, which is very, a secret, and I uh, saw um, a photo of Biden uh, shaking the hand of someone who may be from this force. So what, uh, you're, what you're basically saying over here is that some of the individuals that were a part of the attack on Israel had nothing to do with the people that we thought were actually a part of the attack, but in some cases, you're potentially saying that they were Americans? Okay. They spoke English only. British also speak English, but um, no one, no one said about accent. I believe that people here trust the Americans more, and we are more familiar with Americans. So this is my assumption. 
I might be wrong. I don't know. Um, these people came with accurate maps to these uh, little towns, Moshav, Kibbutz, with detailed information, not only with the names of the families, how many people there are in the family, uh, children, even dogs, who to kill, who to spare. It's, it's so hard to speak about it. It's, um, uh, so um, it was, you can see that it was organized not by Gazans or by the gardener. It doesn't make any sense. Um, in other videos, there were operatives who wore pale blue shirts and spoke Jewish Hebrew because there are Arabs who speak uh, Hebrew, but they had accent of Jews. And uh, they, um, one of them, I looked, people thought that it's a marriage or matrimony uh, ring, but when they did this close up on the ring of one of the of these uh, men with a pale blue shirt, I noticed that it was a triangle. So perhaps it's a Freemasons. I couldn't see more detail, but I saw that it was a triangle. It wasn't a round, a simple round ring. It wasn't. Uh, I looked very carefully several times. Um, now, this is very important. This is from a very brave Israeli independent journalist whose name is Chaim Yativ. Um, and he spoke about something that happened before the, the slaughter of the poor uh, citizens. There was an attack in eight bases, IDF bases, where they murdered all the soldiers and the top commanders. And um, people think that perhaps they were poisoned before because they didn't react. Uh, maybe they were familiar with, with them because uh, perhaps they uh, told them a couple of days ago that they are lone, uh, lone soldiers and they can't speak Hebrew. Uh, I know that um, there were talks about Americans hanging out in this area together with a unit, a Shabak unit. Shabak, for those who aren't familiar, is the internal intelligence, Israeli intelligence. Um, and uh, the Shabak uh, is a special unit called Tequila that people speak about it that whenever they are around, there are disasters happening. Mm. And are you are you implying that they're a part of those disasters? Yes. Wow. Yes, because they moved the party at Reim several times and they made it very close to the border. Why? I mean, there are so many things that look suspicious. And with all the context that I, I that I took the time to explain, because people don't have this context, they don't understand how how could this happen. 
it's also so um the soldiers in, in these um bases didn't shoot them because perhaps they were poisoned either poisoned or they were uh, idea uh, uniforms so they thought it's a uh, friendly I understand. Um, so this is what uh, this is what uh, I have. Uh, I spoke about uh, this. Um, why don't we Why don't we zoom out to the big picture for a moment? Because I know there's a lot of confusion here regarding you know what the implications of what you're saying really means. A lot of confusion leading to people now fighting against each other between Israel and Gaza and everybody going against each other. Meanwhile, something might have been orchestrated over here. And I think it's very obvious that something was orchestrated over here. To me, it seems that this has nothing to do with one side or another, but somebody trying to do something to get both sides to fight each other. The question is, why now? Because if this was orchestrated, there is an agenda. The war is not the, the war is not the destination. The war is a means to some form of an end. What do you think that whoever put something like this together and orchestrated this or whatever group of people did something like this are trying to get to? Why now? Why Israel and Gaza? Why? Why? What, are, what do you believe with your research they're trying to lead us to? I notice things and other people notice the same things. Two days after the attack, Netanya one of the cities here in Israel, mm -hmm. they decided to create these uh, quarters during emergencies. Quarters to divide the city of Netanya into quarters during emergencies, okay. which in my opinion leads me to the belief that they are creating the 15-minute city. Okay, smart cities. Smart cities, yes. Okay. And the same thing happened a couple of days ago, the same thing in Petah Tikva. It's in the center of Israel. And why do they evacuate people from the north, even before there was one shot from there? And they cleaned the, the area from mine, their minefields. So, so they are repeating the same thing as in the Six-Day War or in Yom Kippurim. They they uh, remove the minefield, so the Syrians can easily come in, or the Hezbollah. Something is. Do you think that there's something bigger than smart cities and fifteen-minute cities that's going on here? Yes, they want to. In my opinion, my humble opinion only. They are. Um, they planned the th uh, Third World War since uh, the end of uh, the 19th century. And they have long-term plans. And you're saying that that Third World War that's trying to be instigated is going to, of course, bring more control over the world. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think that uh, they want uh, to eliminate the IDF to sacrifice the, the soldiers because um, Gaza is booby-trapped. There are tunnels there. Um, as I said, the top grass isn't there. Someone tipped them, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two weeks before they, uh, they just left. So uh, that's my own opinion. Do you if see... 
do you see any form of a positive side to where this can go? So we understand the negative side of where certain people want it to go. Do you see a positive timeline that we can tune into over here to lead to a better place as opposed to a worse place? I see that uh, IDF soldiers don't want to fight this oligarchic misanthrope, misanthrope oligarch wars and to be killed in for their own interests, perverse, perverse interests. That's my opinion because I saw that uh, soldiers, uh, IDF soldiers don't want to go there. They understand that it's a suicide mission. Yep. And that's exactly what they want, these criminals. I, and by the way, this, um, this, how to say, I, I, I just, I just lose words. I, I cannot think about a word that can describe this horrific actions, operation, I don't know. And uh, I think that it awakened tons of people. The, the obvious question that I always like bringing these interviews in general with you, with anybody to bring it full picture, because we could speak about the horrific things all we want. The question is, and this is the big picture summary question of an interview like this is, what do you believe can be done? Awareness is huge because if people are aware, we would stop playing into that game of divide and conquer and fighting each other and killing each other because that's obviously what they want us to do. What actual actions can we do right now? What actions can we take right now to stop an agenda like this from coming to fruition and leading to a negative place so we can actually bring us ourselves to a positive place in the world? We need to speak to as many people as possible, not to leave their places, not to evacuate, push back. And uh, there are plans to do a curfew on the Knesset. Because they are the criminals, they work for, for them, not for us. Absolutely. They are killing us. The they average, kill us people. The average person, the average person right now in Israel and Gaza, really around the world, but in Israel and Gaza, for anybody that's listening to this right now, what would be your, you know, advice in terms of what they can do to bring this to a stop as soon as possible instead of making it bigger? Don't collaborate no matter what. Don't what? Don't collaborate. Don't collaborate with the authorities, with the criminal authorities, no matter what. And speak up, even though it's risky. And I know that I saw with my own eyes a couple of years ago that a guy from Gaza took a, a, um, a video of Hamas killing men at their wedding, at someone's wedding, because they played music. Wow. They killed them. So don't collaborate with them for your own sake, for your, your children's sake. Care for yourself. Don't fight for, for them. Protect your own. Protect your own family, whatever. Um, and I tell people, continue to speak. And this is uh, from um, 
the psychologist, this brilliant psychologist, Belgium uh, psychologist that I always forget his name. Uh, he speaks about the psychology of, and this is a word that I'm trying to say, totally totalitarianism. Thank you. Yeah. I understand. And he speaks about it, and his message is if during the Nazis, uh, the, those who knew continued to speak, they would have broken this spell because tyranny destroys itself. Yes, absolutely. So speak so, up and stand up and do what needs to be done. Yes. Do you see, and this is my last question for you, do you see a way for Israelis and Palestinians to live in peace amongst each other? I don't know. First of all, we have to get rid of the criminals because they will do anything they can to divide and conquer us and to kill as many of us. They don't kill about the Jews. They don't kill about. They don't care about the Arabs. They don't care about Iranians. They don't care about anyone except themselves. It's either us or them. Got you. Well, I I hope we can. I, I do for one see that this can end in a positive way. That doesn't mean that people won't get hurt along the way because to be able to see what you're saying, and see through it. It's a part of the equation. There will be casualties along the way as we're already seeing it. But like you said, I think the good news over here is that out of what just happened with that breakout of the war that I think is very obvious was orchestrated, there are a lot of people waking up. There are a lot of people in Israel that are starting to question different things. There are a lot of people in Gaza that are starting to question different things. And through social media as well, although things are being censored and silenced, there are people communicating. There are the proper messages coming out. And finally, independent journalists are being heard louder than the mainstream media, which is what we needed all along, because that's really how we bring the power back into the people. So I hope to see a positive resolution over here. I hope to see people living amongst each other in peace, because there's no reason why that can't happen. And until then, people like you have to keep doing what you're doing. And people like everybody that we know and all the people that we work with must keep doing what they're doing to inspire others to do the same. So I want to say thank you to you for the work that you're doing. I know that you were afraid to come on to this interview because of the implications, but I, I pray for your protection, your safety, and I'm sure thank that you. you're going to have that. And we have to continue moving forward in a positive way. Keep focusing on the positive while acknowledging the problems in the world, right? We can't just be sunshine rainbows without understanding that there are problems in the world, but also being calculated in a way where we can focus on the positivity in terms of where we can be in the future while acknowledging the problems and then dissolving them by bringing light to that darkness. So that's exactly what you're doing. That's what you did with your book, Mass Awakening. I hope everybody reads that. Can people get that book on Amazon right now? Yes. Awesome. On so Amazon, Barnes and Nobel. Just click Mass Awakening, Shoshi Helshko, and you will get it. I love it. Thank so you, everybody Jason. Go, go check out Shoshi's book. And Shoshi, until next time, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Jason. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye.